Hi, I'm Ryan Lightfoot-Brown from Fun Calibre. We're joined today by Chisako Hardy, manager of the AXA Framington Japan Funds. Welcome, Chisako. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. How would you explain your job to someone outside of financial services? I would say I look for businesses which are likely to grow for the long term and invest my clients' money in them so the value of their money will increase over the time. And as this is a mutual fund, which means so many clients' money is gathered in the fund, we can invest in many companies and this reduces the risk in individual investment. And you've been quoted as saying that after two lost decades, corporate Japan has completely reinvented itself and you are finding, contacting and connecting with these new 21st century businesses. In what way have these companies changed exactly? This is a very important point. However, surprisingly, not many people are aware of it. Even Japanese people, not many Japanese people are aware of this. Until the end of bubble economy of Japan, which ended day one, mm-hmm. 1990, um, the Japanese business model was the old Japanese model, which was working really well. That was import material and mass-produced consumer products and export them massively overseas. That was the old model, which was working really well. And that model was supported by the US and the yen remained quite low, weak. And um, so it worked really well all through 60s and 70s towards the end of 80s. But it suddenly stopped working. Why? Because the Japanese position in the world really changed. Everybody remembers their wall in Berlin fell in November in 1989. And soon after this, Japanese market collapsed and the Japanese difficulty started. Was it coincidence? No, I don't think so. Because that symbolized the end of the Cold War. That means Japanese significance to the United States diminished, declined quickly. I believe. Therefore, Japan became less important because before this, keeping Japan strong was important for the US. But this situation pretty much changed quite drastically. And around that time, Japanese exports were causing frictions in everywhere in the world. So Japan was suddenly hated in a, rather than being admired. Yeah. That was the case for many years. So it changed, suddenly changed, and the Japanese bubble popped. So this was this happened. Then after this, corporate Japan had to repair its balance sheet by reducing excess debt, excess labor, excess production capacity. It took more than 10 years, 10, 15 years. Then mm everything was repaired. And after this, what they did was, because by that time, Korea copied the Japanese old business model and they've been so successful. You know, LG and Samsung became big, replacing Sony, Panasonic. So that was happening. So what corporate Japan did was they shifted from B2C, targeting consumer, to more business to business, B2B. That means rather than producing the end products like TV sets, Hmm. 
they started producing high-tech materials or devices or production equipment rather than those products, rather than TV sets, you know, LCD sets. Because um, now you go to the electrical shops, then you you used to see Sony, Panasonic, Sharp, all Japanese names, but now you see Samsung, LG and Mm. those companies. And uh, people think, oh, Japanese companies are gone. But that's not true. Their new business models are going inside. That means... The TV set itself has Samsung name, but inside there are lots of devices and material made by Japanese companies that are there. And the chances are lots of things are made by the production equipment made by Japanese companies. So the business model drastically changed. So unless being aware of this, you think, oh, Japan's really losing, but that's not the case. Yeah, on the business side, it's it's okay. Yes, and lots of companies are doing really well. And many companies are now hitting their historical high earnings. Um, And one of the other initiatives that the government has brought in um, is encouraging women into the workplace. Uh, Why has the government done this? And have you noticed any significant changes as a result? Yeah, now it is important. It's been... It's been talked about for many years, but this is particularly important now because from the point of view of business, the Japanese population is not growing. It started diminishing, declining. So that means we really need to utilize national resources more efficiently. And what is the important national resource which are pretty much wasted women because Japanese women are well educated. About 58% of Japanese women go to university, but not many women have uh, important positions in businesses or anywhere. So Mm. that's pretty much a waste. Yeah. Because in Japan, the working practice was pretty much probably was suited in their high growth era um, Mm. like 60s, 70s, 80s when the economy was growing so fast and um, men had to work like mad all day, every day and they needed their wife staying at home and looking after them to Mm. support them that's their full time job but their world is changing. Japanese economy itself, macro, is not growing that fast. So rather than spending more time, spending time in the in the office, mm. we we need to improve the productivity efficiency. So that's the focus. The work-life balance for men should change and it is changing. Mm-hmm. Also companies just introduced a new system. You can't stay in the office till very late. It was used to be that was the norm. And to be able to do this, because people work much shorter time, therefore we need well-educated people mm. to come in to add value to businesses, to society. We need women. And there are well-educated, good quality women in Japan. And uh, so far, uh, the government is trying to do lots of things. And also companies have been trying more diversity, you know, gender equality is becoming seriously, um, these issues are seriously treated, Mm. but progressing 
very slowly, but at least they are going in the right direction. Um, going back to your fund, um, you can invest in companies of any size, um, but you find some of your best ideas in smaller companies. Why do you think that is? Um, smaller companies, the reason is there are so many smaller companies in Japan, and uh, a total of 4,000 companies are listed in Japan. And uh, in terms of their number of stocks, 90% are smaller caps. So that's important. However, in Japan, there aren't that many small cap specialists. Therefore, many, the majority of those small caps are quite significantly under-researched. However, there are lots of interesting businesses happening now. Therefore, there are great opportunities and we have the expertise to discover those smaller companies. Therefore, we are very keen on smaller companies because the chances are we are able to invest in really exciting growth businesses at low price. And and some of the themes within your fund include sort of the globalization of Japanese food, aging populations, automation, and increased use of electronics and cars. Can you explain why you've picked these themes and give us some company examples of a couple of those? Right. These themes are all longer-term themes. Mm. It's not fashion trends. It's not just short-term trends. These are all long-term structural growth themes. Therefore, Mm. we are very keen because uh, these themes are quite sustainable, we we believe, Mm. if you like. Food. Until recently, Japanese food companies were regarded as typical domestic businesses. Mm. But Japanese population won't grow, so the market won't become bigger. So about several years ago, many of them, the strong ones, started looking at foreign markets, and some of them have been quite successful. We have a small investment in Kameda Seika. They make rice crackers, and the rice crackers, I I believe they're much, much healthier than potato crisps. There's no fat and uh, less salty, so less calories and everything. So I believe big potential in rice crackers. I quite like this theme. Um, Aging population. Aging population. um, This is often um, regarded as a negative factor about Japan. However, this is also creating lots of new interesting businesses. And all the um, developed economies will um, experience this soon. So Japan is ahead of the trend. That means those companies, I, I think, you know, they are interesting businesses, but for the longer term, they will have opportunities abroad as well. And uh, um, one of the investments on this theme is a company called Tsukui. And uh, this company is main business is um, daycare centers, you know, they're old people go there twice or three times a week to do some activities. And uh, I actually visited um, one of those places and it was so impressive. I, it was totally different from what I had expected because I, I was imagining some you know, old folks are just sitting and watching the TV, but it wasn't like this at all. Yeah. There was um, some handicraft club 
was happening with yeah. their old ladies, and uh, one of them was was teaching others, you know, how to do things, and that was interesting. And the, there was a karaoke party happening in this end, and the, they all had a fitness program which was yeah. designed for each person, yeah. and they used the equipment. So their mobility or the health level improves improves when they start coming to this place. So they're happy. They're happy. Their families are happy. And also the company, the company itself is happy because they will keep their customers for a long time. So win, win, win. So I, I think this is a great business. So, and another thing is that automation, this is going to be a long-term thing. Automation, Japanese, you know, population is limited and uh, it won't grow. And also there's um, lots of companies that are doing really well. Therefore, labor shortage. Therefore, more automation is needed, desperately needed in many uh, companies. This is treated as a more serious matter these days because um, one, um, uh, the president of one company told me some time ago, um, a few months ago, he said they used to consider replacing a person by a robot when it's cheaper. But now they changed the mindset. He said, uh, we replace a person by robots if the robot can do the job, even if the initial cost is quite high. And people always talk about uh, then lots of people will lose jobs. But I don't really think in that way. Those people who who are replaced by robots, then that means these people are doing something and machinery was able to do. That means they will move to a job which only human beings can do. So as a whole, you know, business as a whole, it will create more value. So I think this is a very positive trend longer term. And the electronization of automobile, this is really Japan's strength. And um, one of the examples which are not that obvious was uh, Nidec. This is uh, this company used to be known as uh, the producer of micro motors which were used in HDD. So but this market um, started falling at some point in an HDD hard disk drive. And the PC market started falling and investors became negative about the future of this company. However, they really kind of reinvented themselves. They became a general motor producer of any size of the motors and they started um, um, doing M&As and they are now the largest manufacturer of motors, large or small and minute. As a latecomer, they went into the car industry and their strength is because um, they didn't used to um, have any business in the auto industry. That, that is really good because existing um, auto component companies are growing in in this electronization of automobiles, but there are they have also uh, exist, existing businesses business which are falling because of the electronization. Some parts are redundant, yeah. so they are losing and gaining. But in this uh, Nidex case, it's all 
winning. They are just exposed to the growing parts of the auto industry. So that's um, um, that's an interesting thing. And that very neatly brings us back to the beginning of um, the Japanese companies doing business to business rather than business to consumers. Yes, exactly. Well, Chizaka, thank you very much. It's been really, really very interesting. And thank you very much for listening. I've been Ryan Lightfoot-Brown. If you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts, please subscribe to Fun Calibre.